Ketubot of Samech Vav, we last started the sixth parak of Masechet Ketubot, we said that whatever a woman found, all her wages, her inheritance, goes to her husband, and he could even eat from the fruits of inheritance she received. And we mentioned that if she was embarrassed or if she was wounded, Anakama says it all goes to her, Yudabin Betra says it depends if it's on an open place on her body or if it's hidden. And then it would be split one-third, two-third. And with that, we're starting Samach He Amudbet, two lines from the bottom where it says, Tane Tana Kame De Rabah, Tana Tor in front of Rabah, Metziata Isha Le'atzma. Whatever a woman found really goes to her. Rabbi Akiva Omer Le'bala, no, goes to her husband. And Amar then, Rabah told this Tana, Hashta Omar Adafa, look at Adafa, any extra money she made, she worked for this and still she gets to keep all the extra meaning she was supposed to give five silayim anything above that she gets to keep whatever she found on the street all the more so she, she, she should be able to keep it if a woman says I vow I'm not working for you anymore he doesn't even have to know that vow because it doesn't really belong to her, so she can't uh, vow on it. Rabbi Akiva says he has to another vow. Because she might work extra hard this month, make a little bit extra more money, and that's going to be hers, and then he can't use it, and therefore just uh, annul the vow. And if that's the case, Rabbi Akiva holds that anything that she made extra belongs to her, and Kalva Homer, she found something on the street that should also belong to her. So how do we say that according to Rabbi Akiva, that whatever she found goes to her husband? Rather, you have to say the opposite. Whatever a woman found goes to her husband. And Rabbi Akiva says, no, she gets to keep it. And so the Gemara asks, Rabbi Akiva if it's extra money that she didn't have to work hard for, everyone agrees that belongs to the husband. Where's the If she made extra money by working a little bit harder, she worked overtime during time people usually sleep. She uh, she really worked extra hard, so she deserved this uh, extra money. Okay, Tanakama Savar, the Bala Tanakama held that extra money goes to her husband. That's she gets to keep it. That's the Mahloket. And the question is in regards to something she found, is it like extra money she made by working extra hard? So Rabbi Akiva would agree that it belongs to her husband. So then we're back to the question, why would Rabbi Akiva say that whatever she found goes to her? So Amar Papa we're considering whatever she found, it's like working extra hard and making a little bit more money than you usually make. And then again, it goes to Pluktad de Rabbi Akiva Verabanan. It's the same Mahloket Rabbi Akiva Verabanan. That according to Rabbi Akiva, whatever she found goes to her, and according to Rabbanan, whatever she found goes to her husband. So now, Ba'ir of Papa, Asta Shetaim Bebatahatatse, she did two melachot at once. For example, while she was watching, uh, nobody touches the, the fruits, she was also sewing uh, linen. Now, what would be the halacha there? Is that called working extra hard since she's doing two jobs or not? And Ba'ir Rabina, Rabina also asked if a woman did Shelosha or Ba'abibata, she did three, four jobs at a time. She was watching uh, the, the fruits and at the same time she was sewing and she was teaching uh, a song to kids or something like that. Ma, what would be the halakha? Teko. 
uh, the Gemara doesn't know how to look at it. Does it is it count as regular work or as extra work? Next, we learn the Mishnah Boshtau Pagama that according to Tanakama, if she gets wounded, her embarrassment money and her wounded money that goes to her. And Yudah ben Mitra says depends if it's uh, in a covered spot or not covered spot, and then it would be two third, one third. So Matkifla Rabab Nachman. So now, Rababa Rav Nachman asks a question on Rabbi Yudav in Betera Ashita. Ela me'ata. Okay. Biyesh siusato shel chavero hachinami deba'el lemitan neboshet. If someone embarrassed someone's horse, does he really have to give that person money for the embarrassment? Same thing. He embarrassed his wife. Okay, what do you have to give the man money for? But the Gemara says, what are you comparing? Vesus bar boshetu? Is someone's horse uh, something that to be embarrassed? If, if someone embarrasses someone's horse, does the person get embarrassed because of it? It's different. When, when someone embarrasses someone's wife, that person gets embarrassed. Yes, so he does deserve to get paid. Ela, the Gemara asked the question a little bit differently. If someone spit on someone's shirt, you also have to pay him for the embarrassment. I mean, if you want to say yes, the person has to pay for spitting on someone's clothing, but none. Rakag vegi abarok. If someone spit on someone, ufarar oshaisha, or he uncovered a woman's hair, veavir talitomi meno, or he uncovered someone in the middle of the shuk, hayav diten lo arba meodzus. You have to pay him four hundred zuz for the embarrassment. Ve'amar papa lo shano elabods. Dafka when the spit reached the actual person, aval be bigdol patur. But if it only hit his shirt, it's patur. So the same thing. A person should be patur for someone's wife. And the Gemara answers, no, but big let When someone spits on someone's clothing, it's not embarrassing. When someone embarrasses someone's wife, it is embarrassing. And Amar If that's the case, if I embarrass a poor person from a rich family, it's a big embarrassment for the whole family. Does he really have to give the bullshit money for the entire family? And Amar Leravash explained, over there, it's not their actual body. Over here, a person's wife is his actual body. It's the same thing. Next, Mishnah. A person said he was going to give a certain amount to his son-in-law. The son-in-law passed away. And now she falls in front of Yabam. Amru Hachamim. Hachamim said, The man can say, Listen, either do Halitza or Yibum, but I'm not giving you the money. Because I want to give the money to your brother, part of the dowry, and I don't want to give to you. Now, in a regular marriage, we the, the Hatan can say to the to the father-in-law, listen, either give me my money or your daughter's going to stay over here until she has gray hair for all I care, but uh, I want my money. In this type of case, the father could say, I don't want to give you money. Now, this is Rashi Shita, the Rashba, the Ritva, the Ran. They all explain that Hatan has no right to not marry the Kala because her father didn't bring in the money. Either uh, give her a get or marry her, but you got to do one or the other. And uh, in regards to the Fan law, you can take him to Bedin and deal with it over there. If they set up that she's going to bring into this marriage a thousand dinar, so then he has to now put into the ketubah fifteen mane, which comes out to be a fifteen thousand dinar, which is an extra third on top of what she's bringing. And the idea is that we figured that he's going to make money on whatever she brings in with her to, as the dowry. And we figure that over the years he's going to make a third on it. So if that's the case, then you have to put in the equal amount of what you're going to make. This does not include all the extra stuff you're going to put into the ketubah. 
And if they appraised the goods she brought in, let's say she brought in plates, forks, uh, whatever she brought in, they're movable objects, whatever she brought in, whatever the appraisal came out to be, he pledges one-fifth less than that. Because usually uh, movable property is usually assessed at uh, one-fifth of the value, a little bit more than that. So therefore, he uh, he puts into the Ketubah one-fifth less than that. Shum but let's say the appraisal was set for a hundred dinar, uh, and uh, and he went and he asked in the market and it's worth a hundred dinar, and lo so it's only worth a mane. He could only claim a mane. Shum he shiloshim sela. If the appraisal was for him to write in the Ketubah that this, uh, let's say, cup, for example, is worth a mane, then she, uh, then she then she gives something worth thirty one sela. And a dinar, which comes out to be uh, a mane uh, plus a fifth, 125 dinar. That's how it gets inflated. And if the appraisal was for 400, she gives 500, which is an extra fifth. And if they already gave in the dowry, and now he comes to write, he writes uh, whatever it is, minus one fifth. Now the Gemara goes back to the, the, the first part of the Mishnah where it says that a man can tell the Yabam, look, uh, the dowry that was coming in, really I was only wanted to give it to your brother, I didn't want to give it to you. And Tanur Rabbanan, it's, it's not just in a case where the first brother was a Tamid Hacham and I would give him the money, but you, you're an Amaretz, I don't want to give you money. Even if the first one was an Amaretz and the second one was a Tamid Hacham, Maybe the father can't say, I don't want to give you the money. Still, you can tell, listen, I want to give your brother the dowry. You, you I don't want to give. Maybe your brother has better midot. Maybe your brother was a better fit for my daughter. You, I'm not interested. Next. We brought the case uh, that if she brought in a thousand, he has to write fifteen hundred. Then we wrote the case of a maned, then uh, she has to give thirty-one selah and a dinar. The Gemara says, isn't that the same thing as the, the as the, the first part? Meaning that part with the maned, thirty-one uh, and uh, selah with a dinar. That's the same thing as elif dinar and and uh, the fifteen hundred dinar. It's the same ratio. So what's the Hidush? So the Gemara explains, no, no. The, the Tana Shumara Ba Vekatane Shumazuta. The, the, the Resha, they brought the big assessment, and the, in the Sefa, they brought the small assessment, meaning it, it's not just in a case where there's a lot of money. Even when there's a little money, same uh, same ratio, it's, uh, what, it's plus one-third. And the same thing with the second part, Tana Shumadide. It talked about the case where she already brought in assets, all the movable objects. Then it brought down the case where he wrote in the Ketubah, and the question is how much he has to bring in. Same ratio, just the different situations. Next, the Mishnah says, Pascal achlis lo kesafim. Now, this time she's bringing in real cash. She's not just bringing assets, she's bringing cash, meaning he could use that, put it in the stock market, he could work with it, he can make business with it. Then, at that point, her selah, now, whatever money she puts in, it's plus a third. At that point, her selah, which is uh, which is four dinar, he has to write down six dinarin. The hatan accepts upon himself 
that he has to give ten dinar if, uh, into the into the pot, let's say, and with this shiba, uh, his makeup, uh, perfume, things like that, for every maneh she brings in, which is one tenth. So whatever maneh she brings in, he has to add a tenth. That's for makeup. Whatever the minhag of the area is, whatever the custom in the area is, that's what he has to bring in. And the Gemara says, This extra one-third is the same thing like in the previous Mishnah, where she put wrote in a thousand, he has to write fifteen hundred. So what's going on here? Why do you have to repeat yourself? So the Gemara explains, The first Mishnah was talking where she brought in a lot of money, a thousand zoos, and the second Mishnah over here is talking about where she only brought in like a selah, which is not that much. Still, same ratio. You need both Mishnayot. Because if you only told me the first Mishnah where there's a lot of money, I could have said that because he's going to make a lot of money over there. Therefore, he has to add a third. But if there's only a small amount of money, the Zutar of high is not going to make a lot of money. Maybe he doesn't have to add a whole third. That's why you need to mention the second Mishnah, that even there's not that much money involved. If you only told me where there's a little bit of money, I would have said because... The, the, the amount you have to put into the business is not that much. It's only a sale. So how much already can you do? You have to put in in order to make money. But when you when it's a lot of money and it's a big business and you have to put in a lot of money and effort from yourself, maybe you don't have to give a third. That's why you need both mishnayot. Next, we accept, we learned in the mishnah that the hatan. We said that for every money the woman brings in, the hatan has to add uh, 10% of that, which is 10 dinar to the kupa. So the Gemara asks right away, my kupa, what's this uh, box that we're talking about? So Amar Avashe, kupa shel besamim. This is a box of perfume. Amar Avashe, lo nemru edvarim alalu, ela birushalayim. The, these words where we said that uh, extra 10% to the kupa that's only in Yerushalayim the, the minhag over there that the women used to decorate themselves with different types of spices but uh, other places it depends on the minhag of the place so Ba'ayah Rav Asher Rav Asher asked a question when we count that maneh do we go by the maneh that they praise things by the kala's house and therefore you have to subtract the fifth or whatever the hatan writes and you have to add a fifth and and if you want to say we go by what the hatan uh, writes yom rishon when does he have to have that money and by day one of the wedding or does he have to give her every day he has to give her that extra 10% so if you want to say it goes by every day then Shabbat Rishon the first week does he have to give it or call Shabbat Shabbat or every week of the year and Imtim Zelomar calls Shabbat Shabbat. If you want to say it's every week of that first year, Chodesh Rishon, that first month of the marriage, does he have to give or call Chodesh Vachodesh or the, the entire year? And Imtim Zelomar calls Chodesh Vachodesh. And if you want to say he has to give every month of the year, Shana Rishona or call Shana or is it just the first year he has to give or every year till the rest of their lives? And the Gemara ends off Tiko. We don't know. And the Gemara brings a story. The daughter of Naktimon uh, ben Gurion, her husband died. She came to Betin. She wanted uh, Betin to give her money. She Hachamim, they sat for her that she was going to get 400 gold coins uh, into that uh, 
pot of, uh, of besamim for that day, just for one day. And she was so happy over here. You should be posek this much to, for your daughters, meaning you should be blessed with so much money that you'll be able to give this much to your daughter. And they answered after her, Amen. And Tanura Banan, the He was riding on a donkey and he was going out through Shalim. And his students were going after him. She, he saw that there was one girl that was picking barley between the dung of animals of Arabs. When the girl saw she covered her hair. When she stood in front of him, Amra lo Rabbi Paneseni. She told him, Rabbi, give me food. Amar la beti miat. He told her, My daughter, who are you? Amra lo bat Naktimon ben Gurion. I'm the daughter of Naktimon ben Gurion. Amar la beti mamon shel bet avir chanach. Where's the money of your father's house? Amra lo. She told him, Rabbi, Rabbi, lo keden matlin matla birushalayim. Isn't this the mashal that they say in Yerushalayim? Melach mamon cheser. The, if you want to salt your 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 money, meaning to to keep the the, the money to make sure it stands, minus from it, subtract from it, meaning give tzedakah. And some say chesed, meaning my family didn't do tzedakah and chesed the way they were supposed to, and they lost all their money. Okay, what about your father-in-law's house? Where's that money? Amra lo my father's money got mixed with my father-in-law's money and it caused it to get lost. And Amrala, and she told him, Rabbi, don't you remember when you signed my ketubah? He told the students, I remember when I signed this uh, girl's ketubah. I read, read over there that she's bringing in thousands of gold coins from her father's house and this has nothing to do with what is coming in from her father-in-law's house and Bahara Ban Yohanan Zakai Bahara Ban Yohanan Zakai cried and said, Ashrechem Israel, praiseworthy are you, Israel. Bismach, also not so much when you do what Hashem wants, and call Umma Velashon Shalit Bahim. No nation could, could, could rule over them. Bismach, and also not so much And when they don't do what Hashem wants, Mosran Biyad Umma Shefala. Hashem puts them in the hands of a very, very low nation, meaning the Arabs. And she explains the reason they're considered very lowly is because they live in tents. Not only by low, low people, and not just that, in the hands of the animals of these lowly nations. Now, wait a second, you're telling me didn't do Then they say about him, that they said about him, when they would put, they would spread uh, silk clothing under him so he could walk on it. And then the anim would come fold it and keep it. So you see, it was a big ba'atzadaka. So the Gemara explains. Some say it wasn't Hashem's taka, it was for his kavod. That's why he did it that way. On his level, he didn't give enough. People say, based on the power of the camel, that's how much he's going to carry. Meaning he could have given much more, and because he didn't give enough, that's why he was punished. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen.